Good morning, everyone. Let's begin worship at the font. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mary accepted your call to be the mother of Jesus. Forgive our indifference to our vocations. Restore us, O God. Forgive us and heal us. Your Son, our Savior, was born in poverty in a manger. Forgive our greed and rejection of your ways. Restore us, O God. Forgive us and heal us. The shepherds left their flocks to go to Bethlehem. Forgive our self-interest and lack of vision. Restore us, O God. Forgive us and heal us. The wise men followed the star to find Jesus the King. Forgive our reluctance to seek you. Restore us, O God. Forgive us and heal us. Dear friends, God in Christ Jesus has looked with favor upon you. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, your sins are forgiven. You are children of the Most High, inheritors of the eternal promise, recipients of divine mercy. God strengthens you anew to follow the way of peace. Amen. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.
Let us pray. Stir up the wills of your faithful people, Lord God, and open our ears to the preaching of John, that rejoicing in your salvation, we may bring forth the fruits of repentance. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading is from Zephaniah. Sing aloud, O daughter Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you, for he has turned away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall fear disaster no more. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exult over you with loud singing as on the day of a festival. I will remove disaster from you so that you will not bear reproach for it. And I will deal with all of your oppressors at that time. I will save the lame and gather the outcast. I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time, I will bring you home. At the time when I gather you, for I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth, when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God.
A reading from Philippians. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near, so do not worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. This is the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Don't begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked John, But what then should we do? In reply, John said to them, Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked John, Teacher, what should we do? John said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers also asked John, And what what should we do? He said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor, and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, John proclaimed the good news to the people. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The Emily Post Institute is a sort of etiquette think tank. 
Think of it like the Heritage Foundation, except instead of giving white papers on tax policy, they tell you how you should address envelopes, choose flowers, and dress for an informal black tie wedding. And one of the resources they provide are sample scripts, language that you can use to navigate etiquette situations. Office mate wearing too much cologne, there's a sample script for that. You're at the funeral of someone you don't know, there's a sample script. House guests won't leave after Thanksgiving, sample script. And even if you aren't an etiquette wonk, you can see the appeal. And sometimes it's nice to borrow other people's language. And that's exactly what today's reading from Isaiah is all about. This is written during a time when life feels unstable. The people are in diaspora, they're uncertain what the future holds for them. Will they get to go home? Will the temple be rebuilt? Do they have a future? Or should they just get used to things being pretty bad? And the prophet's answer is that things will get better, that God will raise a signal for the nations and will assemble the outcasts. So there's a promise of renewal and restoration. That's all fine and good. But there's something else going on here, too. The prophet says that on that day, you will say, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known his deeds among the nations. The important part of that is, you will say. God doesn't just make a promise about the future, but God gives people language so that they can respond appropriately. It's almost like a kind of divine sample script. It's interesting for a couple of reasons. One is just that God offers us language that we can use to articulate and shape our experience. And we often think that for language to be meaningful, for it to be powerful, it has to be our own. Whenever someone says they don't quite know what to say, what do we advise them? Well, just say what's in your heart. And so we do. We write our own vows at weddings. We insist on giving funeral eulogies without notes. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But there are times when we don't have the words. There are times when life hits you in the face and leaves you sort of speechless. And if we don't know what we're supposed to say, then God in our community gives us language. And the language that we get from God is just as good as the language we get from in our hearts. And sometimes the most important words that we say aren't the ones we come up with, but the ones that come to us handed down already broken in. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. They don't just express ideas that are beyond our grasp, but they remind us that we aren't the first people to experience the joys and burdens of life. There's a kind of grace in inhabiting other people's language. The second thing that's interesting about this is that God invites people to use language that doesn't describe their current situation. You could imagine the prophet saying, someday God will lead you back home and everything will be perfect, and when that happens, I will teach you a song that you can sing. 
But the prophet says that people are going to learn the language of thanksgiving now. Even when it doesn't come naturally, even when it's not really how you feel. For the prophet, language doesn't just describe our reality, it creates it. It expands our imagination for ourselves and our empathy for others. So even if we don't feel joyful or hopeful or thankful, there's power in remembering the vocabulary. And we actually heard another of that, another example of that in today's reading from Philippians. St. Paul is in prison. Things aren't looking great. They're probably going to get a lot worse. And he writes to this church in Philippi and says what? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Does St. Paul want these people to rejoice because he's in prison? Of course not. Do these people have a reason to rejoice right now? Not really. But they should rejoice because Christ is near. And even if you don't feel joyful now, you need to remember that language. You need to practice inhabiting words and practices that don't reflect your immediate experience. It's not whistling past the graveyard as much as it is just not forgetting how to whistle in the first place. God gives us words not simply to describe our experience, but to expand our depth of life. That's all pretty straightforward. Hopefully everyone is still with me, because here's the fun bank shot of this idea. And this ends up being a particularly useful way to think about the Advent-Christmas epiphany season. We aren't just invited to use words of joy and thanksgiving when we're not feeling it joyful, but the opposite of that is true as well. In times when we're feeling joyful and hopeful and feel like the day of the Lord is near, we're invited to practice using the language of people who don't feel that way. We use language of lament in petition. Now, this might sound like a new idea, something I came up with late last night, but it's actually something we already do every Sunday. Think about some of the hymns that we sing this season. Lost in the night, as dark awaits the dawn, each winter as the year grows older. What do they have in common? Well, they're basically hymns of lament. If you take out the references to candles and snow, you could easily put those in the lament section of our hymnal. They give us language to describe the grief caused by the world's public injustices in our own private losses. Maybe that doesn't connect with our own personal experience. You may not have shown up here this morning feeling like you're vainly awaiting the morrow, or that the verities we knew seem shaken and untrue, or that we sit in darkness mourning under sorrow's load. But many people do. And that language gives us not simply an awareness of that experience, but draws us into greater solidarity with those around us. To use the language of today's prayer of the day, we open our ears to the plight of the suffering, not simply by listening to their experience, but by borrowing their words. And that taking on of other people's words, entering into their experiences of life, isn't a bad way to think about what the incarnation is. 
In Christ, God takes on our gains and losses, our life and our death, our words and our silence. Christ takes on an experience not his own and brings it to the very heart of God, celebrating our joys, praying our petitions, lamenting our losses. When the word of God becomes flesh, the flesh of God takes on our words. And so even when we get to a place when we feel like we don't have the words, Christ still speaks through us, prays with us, sustains our voices. Even when we can't shout or sing or even whisper God's praises, the word of God remains among us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's join the church around the world confessing our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
invite the assembly to sit or kneel for the reading of today's prayers. In the season of watching and waiting, let us pray for all people and places that yearn for God's presence. Holy God, renew your church and raise up leaders who announce your good news. Grant peace to congregations and leaders in the midst of transition. Guide the work of candidacy and call committees. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Creating God, your spirit brought forth the earth and all that is in it. Breathe life into us that we might be inspired to live in harmony with one another in this planet. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Shepherding God, you lead your people in paths of righteousness. Raise up prophets in our own day who warn against captivity to greed and point us to the freedom found in generosity. We pray especially this week for the people of Cambodia, Laos, and Vietnam. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Nurturing God, you come near in times of worry and need. Cradle us in your arms that we trust in you and are not afraid. Attend to all who are hungry, incarcerated, or ill this day. If you have any other petitions, I invite you to offer those at this time. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. We pray for justice and healing for people throughout the world who are victims of torture. We pray for those who inflict torture, for they too are tormented. And we pray for ourselves, confessing all that we have done or left undone that may have contributed to the suffering of our neighbors. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. With thanksgiving, we remember those who have died. Keep us in communion with all the saints until we at last find our rest in you. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. We offer these prayers in the name of the one whose peace passes understanding, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always and also with you. Let us pray. God, our host, look upon us in compassion and not in judgment. Draw us from hatred to love, 
Make the frailty of our praise a dwelling place for your glory. Amen. Mm, the Lord be with you. Mm -hmm. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ. You comforted your people with the promise of the Redeemer, through whom you will also make all things new. In the day when he comes to judge the world in righteousness, and so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. We O God triune, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Over the eons, your merciful might evolved this home, a fragile tree of life. Here by your wisdom are both life and death, growth and decay, nest and hunt, sunshine and storm, darkness and light. O God triune, you took on flesh in Christ our healer. In Jesus, you bring life from death, so we remember his cross, we laud his resurrection, for broken like bread he enlivens our body, and poured out like wine he fills the earth with goodness. We praise you for the heart of Christ filled with love for this earth. For in the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. O God triune, you create the worlds, uphold the living, and embrace the dead. Send forth your spirit and renew the face of the earth. Strengthen us for our journey with this meal the body and blood of Christ, and give us a future that trusts in you and cares for this earth. For empowered by your promises, we rise from death to praise you again. Amen. Mm -hmm. 
gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. This is the body of Christ given for you and the blood of Christ shed for you.
Let us pray. Most high God, you have come among us at this table. By the Spirit's power, form us to be bearers of your word, sharing gifts of mercy and grace with all. Through Christ Jesus. Amen. invite you to have a seat briefly as we uh, open things up for announcements, joys, concerns. Yes, Jody. All right. For people who are on the stream who probably can't hear that, the last day to order poinsettias for Christmas is today. Uh, the sign-up is in the narthex. You're not going to be in the narthex, so why don't you just email me and I'll add your name to that. Was there anybody else? Uh, I don't think so. I want to let you know a couple of things. One is confirmation folks are going to hang out with me for a bit in the sanctuary after uh, church. We're going to talk about communion. The tree up in the narthex has socks and winter gloves. Those goes to lunchtime ministry in Hoboken. For those of you who don't know, lunchtime ministry is a feeding ministry of uh, St. My mind just blanked. St. Saint, Saint, Saint Matthew Trinity. It's their feeding ministry. 
We've been partners with them for a couple years now, so I invite you to bring in socks and gloves. Wednesday evening, we have our evening prayer, evening discussion, 6.30, in person or on Zoom. We're doing Advent hymns, so we're talking about history, theology, pretending to talk about music theory, but I invite you to do that. And it was fun, it was good, yeah. Well, it, it's, you know, we got the Peg Whitney bump now, so it's good. <laughs> Uh, the last thing I want to remind you is the Christmas schedule is up. Uh, Christmas Eve is next Friday. You have four Christmas services. I want to run through them briefly. Four o'clock is Lessons and Carols. That's with Fred Monk, so that's all guitar. That is, it's all music. There's no communion. There's a very brief homily, so if you want the shortest homily, you want 4 p.m. Christmas Eve. Six and eight will be mass settings with Jason that has the candlelight hymn, communion, that's sort of your old five and ten. We have a 10 a.m. Christmas Day service, which will be me, and we have a supply organist for that. And then the day after that, December 26th is Sunday. Uh, I will be here. We'll do a spoken service. If you want to hear what didn't make it into the Christmas homilies, you can come on December 26th and find out. So that is all I have for announcements. Uh, why don't you stand to receive the blessing? Oh, yes. Yeah. So, sorry, there's coffee, there's drinks outside after. So if you want to hang out, hang out for a bit. That's great. Thank you, Matt. Dear friends, now is the time to wake out of sleep, for our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. May Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. Go in peace. Do not fear. Thanks be to God.